All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Let's Get It. Chase Martos here. No Justin. Justin is a busy man. He's got a lot of games going on, broadcasting them as well as uh, taking, uh, doing another job as well. So it's just me here today giving you my predictions and preview for the Major League Baseball playoffs. I'd like to be able to talk a little bit more baseball, especially with um, the playoffs beginning this week, actually tonight as we record on Thursday morning. But uh, just a lot more news in, in other sports. Uh, unfortunately, baseball is kind of taking a back seat. It's such a long season that, you know, we don't get to talk about it every single week like we do with, with other sports. So we just kind of have to divide it out a little bit. October baseball is one of the most exciting times of the year. October as a whole is one of the most exciting months of the year for for sports fans. You got the NBA starting back up. You got the Major League Baseball playoffs and football is in midseason form. But today I'm going to preview all four series in the NL or in the division series rather for playoffs, uh, starting with the Braves and Brewers. I know most of our listeners are here for that series. So we're going to start out with that. We're probably going to talk the most about that as well, since it's what I'm most knowledgeable knowledgeable about. What I'm most excited about is, is this series with the Braves and the Brewers. We're also going to talk about the Dodgers and Giants. Dodgers get a big win in the bottom of the eighth inning. Chris Taylor hit a two-run home run uh, last night, beating the Cardinals in the wild card game. And then Tuesday night, the Red Sox beat the Yankees in Boston, really dominated that whole game. The scoreboard might not show it as much, but they were in control from the very beginning and it didn't stop. They they won the game and they will be taking on the Tampa Bay Rays in Tropicana Field in Tampa for game one. That'll be tonight at eight o'clock. And then the other, the other series as well is um, – the White Sox and Astros there in the ALDS beginning this afternoon. But before we get into the playoffs, just want to remind you guys, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at LGI underscore underscore podcast. You can also find us on TikTok with the same username as well. And you can also find our podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, among other streaming sites, Anchor, is included in that. But okay, let's go ahead and get into our preview. I'm going to do what I'm going to do for the Braves and Brewers, because again, I know most of you are here to hear me talk about that series. You're also here to, um, that's what I'm most excited about as well. So I'm going to talk about that the most, if I'm being honest. I'm going to give a little bit more of what gives me hope and what stresses me out. Of course, I am a Braves fan. So I will be pulling for the Braves in this series. My heart is with the Braves. I will actually be at game four if the series gets to game four next Tuesday. Hopefully it does. But um, to get started, I'm just going to talk about what the Braves have have gone through this season. I mean, it's just been a a roller coaster ride for the Braves this year. Um, starting in the off season, we, we thought that we would be getting Mike Soroka back. He was looking fantastic in his rehab assignments and spring training. We were hoping to get him back in mid April and then a shoulder injury got to him. 
And so he was held out for a little bit longer. And then in June, he is walking to uh, in the tunnel of SunTrust Park and tears his Achilles again. That was what got him last year and it, it got to him again. So we, I don't know when he's going to be back, probably the end of next year. I hope the end of next year. He's such a big part of this Braves rotation, such a big part of this team. And he was he was so big in the 2019 NLDS throughout that entire season, uh, expected to be the ace uh, last year and this year for that matter. But unfortunately, he's out. Luckily for the Braves, they've had a lot of guys step up in that starting rotation. Charlie Morton was such a big signing for this team, and he's been fantastic through the second half of the season. I think that for the Braves, the biggest thing for their second half uh, resurgence, one of the biggest things starts with the starting pitching. And Charlie Morton's been fantastic. He will be the game one starter in Milwaukee. You have Max Freed going in game two. And both of those guys really struggled um, to start the year. Max Freed, of course, was the opening day guy. And he was struggling a little bit with injury. Uh, in the in April and just kind of had to find it fight his way back he's got a couple of complete game shutouts in the month of August and September so definitely riding high coming into the playoffs Charlie Morton the biggest thing for him was he would have just one inning where everything went wrong he's got the stuff he's got a beautiful slider that can make guys just look foolish out there He's got a, a fastball that can run in the late 90s and have some have some run on it too. And, and he's got a, a great changeup as well. Ian Anderson is another guy that will probably start game three. Basically in the playoffs, since there's such a turnaround, I guess, Charlie Morton's probably going to be ready for game four. Max Fried is probably going to be ready for game five. The schedule is... It starts Friday at 4.30 for the Braves against the Brewers. It'll be, um, it'll be Corbin Burns for the Brewers against Charlie Morton for the Braves. And then game two will be Max Freed. I'm assuming Brandon Woodruff will start game two. And then Willie Peralta will start game three for the Brewers. And then Ian Anderson will start game three. Basically, you go with your three best starting, starting pitchers. And for that, the Braves... It is um, Max Free, or Charlie Morton, Max Freed, and Ian Anderson. Max Freed and Charlie Morton have become what I think is the most underrated one-two punch in all of baseball. I could be a little bit biased towards that. You can call me a homer for that if you want, but nobody really talks about it. They talk a lot about this one-two punch of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. They talk a lot about um, other one-two punches as well. But they don't really talk about Max Free. They don't really talk about Charlie Morton. And both of them were so big down the stretch. Ian Anderson as well, big down the stretch. But back to what both of the or back to what the Braves have had to go through this year. I mean, I I could list so much going on. You have the beginning of the year where you had the Major League Baseball All-Star game being taken out of Atlanta. You have losing guys like uh, Adam Duvall 
in, in the off season. And he's been such a big uh, a get at the trade deadline as well. You have multiple injuries. Waskari Noah was pitching like a rookie of the year candidate for the first two months of the season. And he was injured in Milwaukee, actually, in around mid-May. He didn't have the best starters, dart that wasn't good enough in his eyes. And, and he punched the dugout seat and broke his hand. The Braves have also had new, I believe it's eight catchers, eight different catchers have started for the Braves this year. Travis Darno and Alex Jackson, both. Alex Jackson was the backup catcher to start the year. Both of those guys in the same game went out with an in, different injuries. Travis Darno, I believe, was a ligament in his thumb that, that kept him sidelined until August. And then with Alex Jackson, I'm, I'm not quite sure. He's not a Brave anymore. It's not as important. But just the injuries that this team had to go through and then off the field, I mean, it's a little bit deflating when you lose that all-star game. The Braves were going to honor Hank Aaron at, um, at the all-star game as well. I feel like the MLB kind of took that away from the city of Atlanta. But that's neither here nor there. This is a playoff preview. And then you go into July, right before the All-Star break, Ronald Acuna, arguably, who I think near the tops in baseball. Of course, you have Mike Trout, you have Shohei Otani. But in my eyes, Ronald Acuna is right there in the top five as best players in baseball. They lose him to a torn ACL. And that at that moment, I really thought, okay, this isn't our year. This isn't the Braves' year to uh, compete for a World Series. And for me, the Braves, it's World Series or bust. I I'm kind of tired of everybody celebrating the division titles. Yes, it's great to win a division title. Yes, it's great. I'm not saying that it's not great because you have to get to the playoffs somehow. And that wild card game, avoiding that wild card game at all costs is, is so important because if you lose that game, it's like you don't even go to the playoffs. But... I mean, I think the Braves have a team in place where it should be World Series or bust every year. And for this year, it should be no different, even with Ronald Acuna gone. You should go into it, you know, not just being happy, not just settling for, um, for a division title. And that's why I was a little bit hesitant to go big at the trade deadline. Right at the trade deadline, the, the Braves had a huge series with the Mets and the Phillies. I think they finished five and four in that series. It was the, the longest streak where a team went back and forth, winning and losing. And the Braves luckily went five and four. They stood, they stood right there in the NL East. It was a down year for the NL East, so they were able to stick within five games uh, of the division race. And my thought process, honestly, at the trade deadline, and I'm glad I was wrong about this, is you have to not, not necessarily sell. You're not selling this entire team because there's so much young talent. You've got guys like Austin Riley. You've got guys like Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanson that, that look very – that are a part of this future. You're not going to trade Ronald Acuna, obviously. 
it's just a down year. And for me, this team at that time was not going to compete for a World Series. And if you're going to keep that World Series or bust mentality, then then why why buy take that risk in my eyes if you're not going to get there? But Alex Anthopoulos did an incredible job. Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager of the Braves, did an incredible job getting guys at the trade deadline, helping out that bullpen by getting Richard Rodriguez, who provided some very solid innings. He's very versatile in that bullpen. He was the Pittsburgh Pirates closer. And he's been able to be that. He can come in in the sixth inning. He can come in seventh or eighth inning as well. I expect him to be one of the first guys out of the bullpen coming out uh, of the playoffs. I expect him to be either in the, the sixth or seventh inning, depending on how long Charlie Morton and Max Freed and Ian Anderson go. But he can definitely be in there as well, provide some solid innings here and there. And he's got team control through 2023 as well through arbitration. So definitely a great pickup. They gave up Bryce Wilson for that. And they gave up another prospect. Bryce Wilson, of course, is known for pitching the game of his life in game four of the NLCS last year. But since then, he's kind of been a taxi guy for the Braves. He's gone up and down so much for the Braves. Uh, in his career and I hope he does well in Pittsburgh but I just didn't see a real future with him in Atlanta and Richard Rodriguez was a great pickup at the trade deadline we also got a whole new outfield I mean the, the outfield that we were playing with Abraham Almonte Guillermo Heredia and then they got Jock Peterson right at the trade deadline and from what I hear he was just such a great clubhouse guy and really brought the team together um, and they get guys like Jorge Soler, they get Adam Duvall at the trade deadline, and then they get Eddie Rosario back. And all three of those guys have just been huge pieces to this lineup. This lineup one through eight is now a lineup that can scare you one through eight. I mean, anybody in that lineup can do damage at any, sing at any given time. And you couldn't really say that early on in the year. Early on in the year, it was very top heavy. You had Ozzy Albies, you had um, Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, and then Dansby Swanson was very up and down through the first half of the season, mostly down in the first half, if we're being completely honest, but really found himself there in the second half of the season. Um, and then guys like, gosh, Abraham Almonte, um, Guillermo Heredia, who's, who's going to be on the playoff roster and has really found a different role for this team but he's just not an everyday player and having, having just those pickups at the deadline just gave this team whole, a whole new life. The Mets really Mets it up by, by just declining so much after getting big name guys like Javi Baez at the trade deadline. It was just a complete disaster for them in the second half of the year. The Phillies stuck right there through the last week of the season, but the Braves swept them to end the year. And so it leads to the first thing that gives me hope is because the first, the thing that won the game for the Braves, won the series, swept the series for the Braves last week against Philadelphia to win the division was that starting rotation. The Braves had their three aces, you can call them, all pitch in that series. Charlie Morton threw seven shutout innings. Max Freed shoved it as well for six innings. 
and Ian Anderson pitched fantastic lights out uh, uh, last Thursday. So that's what gives me hope for the Braves is the first thing is that starting rotation. That starting rotation is, I would put it up against any team against in baseball, and I would be confident for the Braves going into that series. It's a, it's a rotation that is, it doesn't have big name guy. Max Fried isn't necessarily a big name guy yet, but he was in the Cy Young Award um, conversation last year for a lot of the season. He carried the Braves a lot through the entire season as the game one starter, as the the ace of the staff, and and he 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 just has it. And he just he just has it. He, he's calm. He can control the game. He he's got a, a nice fastball, curveball, um, two pitch sequence there, uh, among others, of course, but. You know, him and Charlie Morton leading that rotation. And Ian Anderson, too, in game three, has a lot of postseason experience from last year. He, he threw two shutouts um, in the fir- his first two postseason starts last year against Cincinnati in the first round and against Miami in the second round. And, you know, he, he pitched in game seven of the NLCS. Granted, he didn't do great in that series but he has that playoff experience and yes, he didn't play against play in a a place with a ton of fan base, but you know, he, he, and what I mean by that, let me say what I mean by that first. They played in Houston. It was neutral site because of COVID last year. It was because um, only, I want to say only one third of the stands were allowed to be full there and, in Texas, it was actually it was actually Arlington where it was in the NLCS. So so he has the experience. The only thing that would if you get to Ian Anderson in the first if you don't get to Ian Anderson in the first inning, he just gets better as the game goes along. And so you better get to him. That's where he's going to throw the most pitches. It's where he's going to give up the the two run home run or the walks or or the hits. I mean. That's just how it's going to be. And for Charlie Morton, I'd say avoid the middle inning collapses. I won't say collapses is a strong word. But if you're going to get to him, you better get to him the second time around. Because he he will, if you let him get confident, if you let him um, keep rolling, good luck. And then, of course, Max Fried's just been Mr. Consistent really his entire Braves career and also has postseason experience as the ace of the staff. Now I'm going to get to another thing that stresses me out. So what I'm going to do is give one thing that gives me hope and one thing that stresses me out. One thing that stresses me out is the Brewer starting rotation. The Brewer starting rotation with Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and uh, Peralta as well. In, in the order, it's actually going to be Corbin Burns starting in game one for um, for the Brewers. And all three of these guys also have postseason experience. They have the speed. They have the spin rate. And they are deadly, to be honest. 
In Corbin Burns' last seven starts, he's 3-1 and one with a 3.38 ERA, and he doesn't walk a whole lot of guys, only 11 walks in 40 innings in his past seven starts. And he... He's been there before. He's only 26 years old. His postseason career stats, he's 1-0 in six games. But he was not a starter uh, in the 2018 playoffs. But he's getting the game one start for Milwaukee. That concerns me for the Braves, especially because my second concern for the Braves is it's a very boomer bust lineup. You don't really know. Obviously, I'm very confident one through eight, but at the same time, the team has struggled with runners in scoring position a lot because it's very much a reliant team on the home run ball. It, they hit a ton of home runs, um, at least five or six guys in the lineup actually have 30 home runs in this lineup. So a lot of concern for the Braves just because it's so boom or bust. They've struggled at times with runners in scoring position. If they don't get to Corbin Burns, if they get to this bullpen late in the game and it's a close game, I'm a little bit more confident in that Brewers bullpen. Back, back of the bullpen, I should say. The Braves bullpen has actually been fantastic um, up until the ninth inning when all hell can break loose with Will Smith. But it is a lineup that can do damage. It's what gives me hope as well. This team can pour on seven, eight runs any given night. They can also put up one or two runs any given night. I think in this postseason, they're going to need at least one or two games where the, sh the starter just shoves it for seven strong innings, and they're going to need just enough runs. But another night, they're going to come back and there's going to be one or two games where they score seven, eight, nine runs. It's just that kind of lineup. Moving Jorge Soler to the leadoff spot was a great move by Brian Snicker, who I've been very hard on, especially for his handling of some of the bullpen pieces. But I, I feel a, a lot more confident about that. Another thing that gives me hope for the Braves, the team is healthier this year. The past, I would say in 2019 and 2020, they've had horrible luck with guys getting hurt going into the postseason. In 2019, it was guys like Charlie Culberson. It was, um, it was Johan Camargo was also hurt going into it. Um, back when Johan Camargo was a very solid bench piece. It was... Um, 2018, Dansby Swanson breaks his wrist right before, right before the NLDS, and the team, the team had to start Charlie Culberson at shortstop, which I loved Charlie Culberson. They called him Charlie Clutch because he could pinch hit at any time and change the entire game. But I don't trust him as a starter. I always thought that he pressed as a starter, um, and that was a problem for him. But for this team, it's such a deep team in terms of the, the bench pieces as well. Um, you have one through eight, but then you got guys like Jock Peterson that can come off the bench, provide some power. 
provide some some clutch um, spot or a clutch hit here and there. And, and he came in and, and immediately started doing damage for the Braves. He's moved up and down in the order. He's sort of taken a bench spot after Eddie Rosario came back from injury. And he's done his role very well. He also has that playoff experience, multiple World Series appearances with the Dodgers. And he was such a great pickup uh, coming back for the um, coming from the Cubs there at the All-Star break. And then, of course, you got Guillermo Heredia. And I was very hard on Guillermo Heredia for most of the season. I don't think that he's an, he's just not an everyday player. It's very simple at the, at the major league level. He's just not a guy that I trust as an everyday player. He is a fantastic defender. And when he comes in in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning to take over Jorge Soler or Eddie Rosario, I mean, he, he gets such a great jump on the ball in center field. He, nothing really gets past him. He's got a pretty decent arm as well. So having him coming off the bench is going to be big as well. I, I believe it's going to be William Contreras as the catcher coming off the bench. Um, and, and look, he, he had a great year in AAA. He didn't necessarily um, have that same success in the major leagues, but you know I have high hopes for him. He can provide a, a solid piece off the bench in terms of a pinch hitter. Uh, and, you know, I expect Travis Darneau to start every single game behind the plate because he kind of has to. Stephen Vogt is out for the playoffs, I believe. He's been hurt for most of the month of September. So Christian Bethan Christian uh, Bethancourt, gosh, I haven't heard that name in a while. Um, Christian, William Contreras. I don't know where I got Christian from, but William Contreras is going to get that playoff experience. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that he's going to pinch hit very often just because in case Travis Darno gets hurt, I believe the Braves are only going to carry two catchers this year instead of three. They've carried three in years past, but I, I only expect them to carry two this year. I just think that he is going to be needed. He, he's going to not necessarily hit as much, but he's going to be a, a solid catcher coming off the bench. It, you know, last year there were guys like Pablo Sandoval. There were a lot of injuries coming into this year, and knock on, knock on wood, there are no injuries going into it, but they did lose Adam Duvall in the NLDS last year, forcing them to use guys like Christian Pache, who's just not ready yet. Christian Pache, I believe, is going to be a taxi guy this year. So for any injuries, he's going to be one of the first guys that, that gets put on that playoff roster. But he just wasn't ready last year. He's not ready this year. It, it kind of shocks me that he's going to, be on the postseason roster, but he is also a very good defender. And depending on what they want to do with Guillermo Heredia, um, it, it kind of depends. But also on the bench, you're going to have Orlando Arcia. And Orlando Arcia was a starter actually for the Brewers in the 2018 postseason. 
the team that went to took the Dodgers to game seven in the NLCS. He was the starting second baseman. So hopefully he knows a little bit about the Brewers. Uh, I think they've changed a lot since he's been there. I don't know how much that'll help, but he also brings the versatility. He can play that. He can play second, short, and third. He can also play in the corner outfield spots. So having him on the postseason roster, having that versatility is something that the Braves have never really had go, uh, for, from their bench going into the playoffs. And then you have Adrianza. Adrianza is kind of that guy that is just like the 26th man. You know, he's, he's going to get in that bat every once every week or two, but he's not going to really um, – he's never going to really start unless you absolutely need him to. And he's not going to get a ton of at-bats. He's just going to be that 26th guy that's there in case of emergency. But this team is healthier, and this team is deeper, I feel like, this year. If you really think about it, then, you know, last last year and the year before, and last year's team went to the NLCS. Something else that gives me concern um, – I guess the Brewers lineup as well. They don't have guys that can necessarily knock the ball out of the ballpark. I'd say if there's three guys that can do that for the Brewers, it's Willie Adamas, who Willie Adamas is a guy came over. He was a top prospect for Tampa Bay, never really panned out. They, they wanted to bring up Wander Franco, who is their top prospect this year. And they traded Willie Adamas to Milwaukee and it's been like a resurgence for him. He's finally becoming that guy that that everybody expected him to be coming into uh, his career. And he's got 25 home runs this year. You're going to look for a guy like Aguardo Escobar, who they got from Arizona at the trade deadline. He's got over 30 home runs. And then Avisail Garcia is also a guy with over 20 home runs. But other than that, you know, the – the Brewers don't really have any pop in their order. They have guys like, you know, Colton Wong, who is probably the most frustrating hitter that you can possibly face just because he doesn't strike out. He walks a lot. He's kind of that old fashioned guy. And you just, he's a frustrating guy to face. He's going to be at the top of that order. He's got a lot of speed. He's got a high on base percentage. And it's a lineup that is very balanced, I feel like. It's not – I'd say the difference between their lineup and the Braves lineup is that the Braves lineup, one through eight, can, can hit 20 bombs or more. With the Brewers lineup, I think they play a little bit more small ball. They – have sort of an old-fashioned lineup where you have the guys with the high on-base percentage and then guys like Garcia, guys like Adamas hitting in that 2-3-4-5 spot where they're going to to get uh, have that guys like the typical cleanup hitters. So I'd say a little bit of their lineup. But I'd say another thing that gives me hope for this Braves team is this middle relief staff. Uh, you can also include Waskari Noah um, as a guy who's probably going to be the first guy out of the pin, but he's kind of the odd man out in that rotation. Like I said, 
Friday to Tuesday for Charlie Morton will probably be enough time, enough rest for him in the month of October. It's a little bit different with how you handle the, the rotation for the playoffs. Guys pitch on shorter rests. Guys um, don't necessarily have that week long that they usually do in the playoffs. So Charlie Morton will probably start game four if it gets to there. Waskari Noah is probably going to be the, the odd man out in that rotation. He's just kind of struggled to go deep into games for the Braves. Um, and so I expect him to be, if there's an emergency in that Max Freed or Charlie Morton or Ian Anderson don't go deep into the games, then he'll be in there to, to pitch in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning if they need to. He can provide multiple innings in there. And so I expect him to, to get a good bit of innings there in the postseason. But money guys that you just feel so confident in, you got guys like Tyler Matzik and um, Luke Jackson, who I never thought I would say. He was just the guy that Braves fans love to hate. I feel like he struggled for his first, gosh, four years of his career. And then this year he's really seemed to find himself and he's been a huge, he's been really the eighth inning guy. He is the eighth inning guy for Brian Snicker and the Braves. Tyler Matzik, Tyler Matzik, a great story. He sort of, he started his career with the Rockies. He kind of became he got hurt he kind of forgot how to pitch in a way he was just wild and then was pitching in independent baseball leagues pitching for a double a braves team in 2019 i believe non-roster invitee in 2020 and for the past two years has been a huge part of that braves bullpen in that seventh inning and eighth inning and anytime he comes in i've actually pushed for him to be the closer for three months but at this point it's too late guys are already in their routine um got guys like i mean will smith is is already the closer if you ask him to go to the seventh inning right before the playoffs start that just ruins the flow ruins the chemistry and baseball is such a routine sport that it, it wouldn't have made a difference and if tyler matzik would be the closer come October and he blows a save, it's a lose-lose situation. But he's been – he is in the correct role, I believe, in that seventh inning, and he's just done a marvelous job. Anytime he comes in, he can blow a fastball right by you, 97, 98 miles an hour. And the Braves need a little bit more of that. I think that's my biggest fear for the Braves' bullpen is they don't necessarily have a lot of those guys. They have a lot of guys that can throw between – 93, 95, and that's what Will Smith will give you as the closer. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that the Braves really have that guy other than Tyler Matzik. Spencer Strider is a top Braves prospect. Um, first round pick from last year's draft. He can throw, he can touch 100 miles an hour. He made his debut last week. It'll be interesting to see if he makes the Braves postseason roster. That'll be announced tomorrow, right before right before this the game one. I think it, I think that the postseason rosters are due 11 a.m. of game one, so the Braves will probably announce it then. 
Now, what gives me concern is Will Smith. If this game gets to the later innings and the game is tied or a one-run lead, Josh Hader, the Brewers, the Brewers closer, is the best closer in baseball. And I, I just don't trust – with this Braves lineup being a, such a boomer bust, I just don't know if the Braves can win if it gets – into extra innings the Braves have struggled all year in extra innings um and the Brewers backhanded the bullpen even without Devin Williams who's out very similar injury to Waskari Noah celebrated a bit too hard when the Brewers clinched the NL Central and he's out for the playoffs but it's still a Brewers bullpen that is very versatile can 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 pitch lights out as well and of course having the best closer in baseball helps that but with Will Smith, I think what's held the Braves back in extra innings and in the later innings is the fact that Will Smith is a pitcher that's going to throw 92, 93 miles an hour. He's not a strikeout pitcher. He's not, uh, well, numbers will argue that the past couple weeks, but he's really not a strikeout pitcher. He is more pitch to contact. He's not going to blow a fastball right by you. He's got that fastball slider combo, but I feel like you need a closer in this day and age. You need a closer this day and age that is going to blow a fastball right by you and have a, a nice little slider as well. But the Braves don't really have that, which is why I think they could bring Spencer Strider onto this year's postseason roster. It'll be interesting to see. But you, you kind of need that guy. And with the new rule and extra innings, where you start with a runner on second base and you have a closer or a reliever that's more pitched to contact, then you're kind of at a disadvantage. You're kind of guaranteed to give up that one run because you kind of play old fashioned ABC baseball where you get them on, you get them over, you get them in. The first step is already done. You've already got them on. Now, now a ground ball gets them to third base and another ground ball gets them home another fly ball in the outfield gets them home. So you're kind of stuck there. And I think that's really killed the Braves, not having that guy in the bullpen that can, that can fire a fastball in there and get guys to swing and miss. There just aren't that those, there just aren't those guys other than um, Tyler Matzik. And, And that concerns me for the bullpen going into these playoffs is what's going to happen in the later innings is 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 this lineup going to be able to do enough to are they going to be able to get that big home run are they going to be able to get that big double because this team relies on home runs so much that if you get a guy like a, a Woodruff or Burns that's not going to give up a ton of home runs that's a little bit concerning but if I had to give a prediction, I was on a, my buddy's podcast, Hopeless Sports Mantic, and I said I went with my head, which is the Brewers and five. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to make that prediction here as well. I got the Brewers and five. I just think that a lot of these games are going to come down to the later innings. And 
in extra innings. The Braves have not been very good this year. They haven't gotten a lot of um, better. Uh, they haven't gotten great results. And I think they're a hotter team coming into the playoffs. But I think that that bull, I think that the end of that bullpen, guys like Will Smith, I, I just don't really trust him. And I don't think any Braves fan really trusts him. And I dread Braves Twitter as soon as something happens. But I'm going to go with the Brewers in five. I think guys like Josh Hader, Boxberger, and that starting rotation is going to help the Brewers. I, I have to go with my head in this situation. But moving on to the NL wild card, the wild card champions, Dodgers playing against the Giants. Just going to run through this real quick. I spent a lot of time on the Braves and Brewers. Pitching game one, I assume it's going to be Kevin Gossman and Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller was not on the wild card roster because he's supposed to start game one, obviously. They went with Max Scherzer. I think that that can actually hurt the Dodgers because I don't know if he'll be ready for game two, which will be Saturday. He, he threw about 80 pitches on Wednesday, yesterday in the win. And he didn't really have his best stuff either. Walked three batters in four and a third. Uh, I'm, I hope for the Dodgers' sake that he'll be ready. I don't really like the Dodgers. They've knocked out the Braves so many times. Clayton Kershaw is out. Max Muncy is hopeful to return. He, he had an elbow problem. They were, hope, they were thinking he might have to have Tommy John, which would have been a huge loss. But x-rays came back negative. They said he might be able to return. I won't put high hopes on it. It's a huge loss because he hit 36 home runs, 94 RBIs, 895 OPS, and slugged 527. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. It, he is kind of the, the guy in the lineup that keeps things going, and they really missed that Wednesday night. Adam Wainwright pitched another great game. But I don't know. I, I, I think the Dodgers, I assume, will go with Max Scherzer. I'm just going to say Max Scherzer in game two and Urias in game three. Urias has also got postseason experience. He's been uh, very good in that. But the Dodgers have also lost a lot of, um, a lot of guys to injuries. Uh, Dustin May was out late May, I would say, Tommy John surgery. And then you've got Trevor Bauer. Of course, everybody knows about the situation there. Baseball fans know it. He, I, I won't get into it, but Tony Gonzalez will probably be that, that fourth starter if needed, but I, I don't know how much he will. God, or for the Giants, I assume it's going to be Kevin Gossman who has resurrected his career. This Giants team is just a bunch of guys that have resurrected their career. They're the oldest team in baseball. Both of these teams have won over 100 games. The Giants are the most surprising team in baseball. Gabe Kapler, their manager, was a disaster in Philadelphia, but has gone to, gone to San Francisco, resurrected his career. Alex Wood has been um, pretty good this year as well. Um, kind of had a, a better role for them. Kevin Gossman is another guy. He was a disaster in Atlanta, goes to San Francisco, becomes one of the best pitchers in baseball. I expect 
Logan Webb, I believe is his name. He's had a great year as well. He's only 24 years old. He's a California guy. Uh, and I, I expect him to, to be in that rotation for game two. Giants have a couple of injuries to be concerned about. Brandon Belt is one of them, has a thumb injury. He's probably, he is out actually for at least this round. I would assume it's out for the entire playoffs, but he is going to be a huge loss. The Giants, honestly, as a Braves fan, the Giants are the team that concerns me the least out of any one of these teams. The Giants concern me the least. Even though they have over 100 wins, the Braves have kind of uh, owned them. I won't say owned them. They, they tied the season series. They should have won four, but Will Smith blew a game. I, the, the Dodgers scare me more than the Giants do. The Dodgers scare me more than any team just because of how deep they are. I mean, with the rotation that they have, the moves that they've made, even with the injuries that they've had, even with Max Muncy gone, the Dodgers still scare me the most. And I think that the Giants are very beatable. I sound crazy for saying that. They won over 100 games. But I think eventually it will catch up to them. And I have the Dodgers winning in this series in five games as well. I think that this National League, both of these National League series go to five games. I I think these are perfect matchups. This is exactly what the MLB needed with their matchups. Um, and I think that they will be a lot more interesting than the AL and than the AL games. Another thing to be concerned about, Chris Bryant was a big pickup for the Giants. I think he's kind of struggled with um, injuries for them since he's been there. He's only hit one home run in his past 30 games. He also doesn't have great numbers in the playoffs in his career. Guys like Evan Longoria have struggled as well. Evan Longoria has sort of in the first half of the year, a lot of this is, again, the oldest team in baseball. It's the oldest. It's the oldest team in baseball, and a lot of guys that came around that this team shouldn't have won over 100 games. They've already defied a lot of odds. They they won the division. They are. They have solidified themselves to be in the spot that they're in. However, I think that the Dodgers still a better team, still a scarier team. Have guys like Mookie Betts still in that lineup, like Will Smith in that lineup. Um, and, and I think that they're going to get it done. It's going to be a, a classic series. I think every game, every single game is going to be down to the wire. I think both teams will kind of be worn out by the end of it. I think that the Dodgers kind of steal it from them, and I have them winning in five. Let's go to the AL now. Rays and Red Sox. The Red Sox won in a wild card. I, I won't get too much into this, but I'll talk about the Rays. I feel like I've kind of adopted the Rays as my second team in, in terms of favorite, favorite teams. Um, I think that they're the best run organization in baseball. They consistently have a top five farm system in the game, and they consistently win 90 
90 or more games every single year. They've really adopted that analytics-based um, system that has sort of changed the game this year and or not just this year in the past few years they they have been they were really the first team to adopt that and they have to adopt it because they have one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball they have one of the smallest markets in, in baseball and they have an owner that refuses to spend money and um i expect Tropicana Field to be half to two-thirds Red Sox fans in this playoffs. It was kind of bad luck for the Rays. The Rays' highest attendance games are the Yankees and the Red Sox or any team from, say, New York or, or Philadelphia. And I just I expect I expect this to be a series where the Rays are a better team. The Rays are the best team in the American League. I think that the Rays are in the best position to go to the World Series again. This team lost its ace to trade last year in Blake Snell. They lost their other ace, Tyler Glass, now to um, Tommy John surgery. And this team has still won 100 games. They still really dominate everybody. And they have guys in this lineup. I mean, every every day the lineup is going to be different. In one game, you're going to have Austin Meadows, um, Marco, and um, Kevin Kiermeyer in the lineup. The next day, you're going to have Brett Phillips. You're going to have Nelson Cruz in the lineup. You're going to have uh, Marco again in the in right field. That's how the lineup will be. In the infield, one day you're going to have Joey Wendell starting at third base. The next day, you're going to have Wander Franco there. Behind the plate, you're going to have Mike Zanino, who is the epitome of, of what they like to run, a guy that's going to strike out a ton, but is also going to hit a lot of home runs, a very boomer bust kind of guy. Game one, they're going to go with Shane McClanahan, and then in game two, they're going to go with Shane Boz, who they got in the Chris Archer trade a couple years ago, along with Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now. He actually just made his debut a couple weeks ago, but has looked fantastic. A lot like the Braves with Ian Anderson last year, makes his debut a couple weeks before the playoffs, and then goes out there and is, is one of the most important pieces for the team in the playoffs. I, I expect the race to win this series in four. I think they they are one of the best. In years past, they have been fantastic at home in the playoffs. And I expect that to be the case this year. I don't know what it is about Tropicana Field, but they had the best home record in baseball this year. They have home field advantage, which for some teams doesn't really mean anything. For the Braves, it doesn't really mean anything. They are about 500 at home. But for the Rays, it really does mean something, even if it is a neutral site type environment. They, being at home, having that home field advantage throughout the playoffs, definitely going to help them. I have the Rays in four. Now for the last game, last series, honestly, it's the series that I'm the least interested in. It's the White Sox and Astros. Astros, of course, known for 
the cheating and the White Sox. The White Sox are a team that took, takes advantage of a weak division. And, and that's why that's why I have a hard time really buying into the White Sox. They have flashy guys. They have the Tim Andersons. They have the Jose Abreus. They got Craig Kimbrell in the trade deadline this year. They have Yasmani Grandal behind the plate. But it's still a team to me. This team finished under 500 against teams that are over 500. They had the AL Central was the worst division in baseball. The Astros have been there before. The White Sox haven't really had a ton of success recently in the playoffs. And I think it's a mindset thing. Guys like Lance Lynn are going to need to come up big. Dallas Keuchel has kind of been a disappointment for them. Guys like Garrett Crochet need to step up. And I don't really trust the White Sox. I, I trust the Astros. The Astros have been there before. They were one of the lower seeds in last year's playoffs and take the race to seven games in the ALCS. And I, I hate to make predictions based on last year because of the MLB's blackout rule where you can only watch teams in your area. I don't really know a whole lot about these two teams, but from what I do know, the Astros have, have, have been there before they have the guys, they have Correa, Correa is still there. Altuve is still there. Got it, It's a team that they, like I said, they've been there before. They are still, they won 95 games this year. I expect them to win this and four as well. I don't think it'll be a very interesting series, but the White Sox need to prove that they can win a series against a team over 500. But guys, that is going to be the show. I, I, I'm so excited for the playoffs. I've just been waiting all week for Thursday night, I guess, tonight with the Rays going, and then tomorrow with the Braves. I've just been so excited for October baseball. It's one of the most exciting times of the year. And I will be back with more playoff talk as well but that's going to be the show for us today hopefully we'll we'll have our picks for sure on the twitter page for you before sunday's game justin is kicking my butt he's probably six games ahead of me and sunday i took some risks with some picks just because i needed to 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 get back with justin it was kind of a risk but he looks like he's going to win it this year, and it's only week five. But that is the show, and thanks for tuning in. For Justin, even though he is not here, I'm Chase. This has been Let's Get It.